So Ben Smithy, uh, out of New York City. My, I'm the CEO of a company called The Smithy Group. You can use www.thesmithygroup.com. It's S-M-I-T-H-E-E uh, group.com. So Smith with two E's on the end. Well, Ben, you and I have known each other for a while. Uh, not too long. Yeah. Uh, we actually, uh, I think, got to know each other a couple of years ago. Yeah, 2020, I think. 2020. Amidst the craziness of the world in 2020. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so, uh, I really get, I really enjoyed getting to know you, uh, respect you a lot. I, I love seeing the young entrepreneur <laughs> that is uh, on fire for Christ and wants yeah. to make a difference in business. So, um, why don't you just start out by telling us, uh, give us a little bit of your history. Uh, where'd you come from? how did yeah. you get to where you are, et cetera. So, yeah, for sure. I uh, grew up in Texas and always have Felt entrepreneurial in some way, shape, or form from, you know, selling my friends, like, recycled baseball cards and things like that growing up. But started my first real company in 2009 um, in Texas. It was a research and innovation company. So new product development, brand strategy, ad testing. We were sort of the the young, cool, hip group of researchers, if there was a, such a thing. Um, but worked with all the big companies. Um, left that in 2014, moved to New York City and started the Smithy Group, uh, which is a full-service digital agency. So everything from content creation, paid media, you know, search, display ads, uh, and brand strategy. And that is our, our business slash my mission slash my uh, ministry as well today. Um, we're a small business. I got That's how I actually, we got connected was through some friends of friends, other entrepreneurs, and, and got together. Um, and have always really felt for me as, as a believer that, business is ministry. That was my ministry. I just didn't have what I've recently grown in and what I feel like you and I have had more discussions on is how do we really like codify that into a framework or codify that into a process that's replicable and then scalable within the organization? How do I train my team on that stuff? How do I train other entrepreneurs? Uh, and that's that's really where I'm today is how do I keep using um, you know, faith and work, faith in work, work as faith, all of these things together exactly. as, a, as a tool. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about your family. Yeah. So yeah. I'm, I'm excited. I've been married almost, uh, by the time anyone watches this, it'll be five years. Um, and we have a going on six month old baby girl, first kid, uh, Quinn. She's amazing. She's the biggest blessing in my life. Uh, and so we're living in New York city right now, uh, actually moving back to Dallas, um, where I'm from originally to be around some family and uh, taking our, our, our work and everything remote from there. Awesome. Uh, yeah, just you mentioned, uh, you know, integrating faith and work. Um, what's kind of been your journey over the last two, three, four, five years as you've seen that? And maybe when did that, when did you um, come to understand that faith and work should be more integrated than they are? And then just give us a little journey on what you've learned, et cetera, over the last few years. And yeah, you know, what, what was this spark that um, said, hey, you know, I could use my business for something greater than just making money? Yeah, it was interesting because as a believer, I always was sharing my faith in work. And as an entrepreneur, I kind of had the freedom to do so. That's the beautiful, that's the beauty of some of the actual like legislation and laws and rules that we have. It actually protects our ability to, to share our faith in our workplace and things of that nature. But I didn't really see it as a, as a real tool or as a system or as a process to really see my business as ministry um, until more recently. I'd say when I started this company, when I started the Smithy Group, we call it TSG, um, 
really, it was going to initially just be me. Uh, I was just going to consult on my own. I've had companies with employees before and I was like, you know what? I just, I just want to go it alone. You know, no payroll, no problems, no people, none of that type of stuff. Um, but God really started working in my business and in my heart for that by the people he placed in my life. So through my church in New York City, through Liberty Church, I just started meeting people that needed side work or they were wanting to change jobs. And through building a core group of fellow believers into the business, and I'd, I'd go somewhere work and like, well, I can throw you contract work, all this. It really became this thing, well, wait a minute, like faith is integrated into, we had a, you know, a prayer team. We had all of these things within the organization. Um, and now as the business has expanded and grown, not everybody's a, a believer in our office or things like that. And it's really shown us as, well, you know, wait a minute, this can be ministry. Um, and where I think the interest, the more the more recent things that we've seen is okay, if we can use this as like spiritual and and social growth and capital, the thing that's helped is how do we economically use our business as, as ministry as a ministry, not just in how do we write a you know a five thousand ten ten thousand dollar check here and there, yes. but how do we really um, incorporate financial success and and faith driven ministry together? And I think that's the really thing that that I've been working on lately and, and a lot of the stuff that I've learned in, in speaking with you on that. Yes. So um, talk to me about your employees, mm -hmm. your team members as it were, and particularly those that are uh, non-Christians. Mm -hmm. um, how do you, how do you see the integration of your faith and work uh, into the day to day when you have some Christian team members and some non-Christian team members? Mm -hmm. And what do you do to kind of encourage those that are not believers? Yeah. So, Testimony is a big thing. I actually just preached a message at our church on this uh, not way too long ago. And not testimony as we would say in terms of what we say and, and, and how we give our story. Yes, that's great. But I believe that the first testimony that anybody ever sees from us is how we live our lives on a daily basis. And the majority of us live our lives outside of church more than we live our lives inside of church on Sunday. Right. And so I think one of the biggest things that we can do is serve as a as a, a true example and serve, be light and love and things to people in the daily lives out in the community. I think that we are called to be disciples and you know deliver both spirit and truth. And I think the spirit piece some people miss. We want to go straight to truth and hit them with John three sixteen and hit them with a exactly. you know a, a track or whatever it is. But it's right. like, how do I live my life as an employer? How do I live my life as a husband? How do I live my life as a, as a boss, as a manager, as a coach, as whatever it is on a daily basis? That's the first thing I think is like, yes. if I can give people a different taste of what being a Christian is or being a Christian business owner is um, through a daily, just through proximity and through, you know, yes. that those different touch points along the way as their boss or the, the, um, the owner of the company. That's step one, and I think it, it seems very simple, but I think we miss that step a lot of times, and we just go straight to, wait, how do I share the gospel with them? Well, share the gospel by exuding and living the gospel yes, first. Exactly. So um, how do you balance, you're an entrepreneur, young company, growing company, scaling company, uh, you've just got a new baby, six months old, <laughs> so how in the world do you balance um, faith and work and life and business against personal? I think the, well, it's, what is it? The obstacle is the way, right? I think that's the only way I can balance it is through faith. Is I, the biggest gap, the biggest margin and force multiplier that I've gained in the past, I'd say five years, is eliminating the crippling fear of worry and doubt and um, 
just a poverty mindset in a in a way that is is spiritual, social, and economic in that way. Yeah. Um, you know, COVID was really tough for people. We were fortunate that we didn't have to lay off any employees. We my uh, my head of operations, Alex, and I went to our, our company early on and said, look, nobody's losing a job. We'll figure it out. Let's just get to work and help businesses. Because as a marketing agency, it was crucial for us to help small yes. businesses grow in that time and stay afloat. And so, but after that is when the great resignation happened. And when you work in New York City in a digital agency and you're full, you have a team full of young people, when everybody's job transitioning and all that, that Im- impacted us really hard. And when we care about culture and we care about these things, you know, Alex and I would have, those are some tough conversations and tough feelings of, of doubt and worry. And I remember at a point we were just like, you know what, I'm, that's not the spirit I was given. I was not given a, a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. Absolutely. And so once I started to really lean into, I thought I trusted Jesus with my business. And then I realized like, wait a minute, no, no, no. I, Jesus is trusting me with his business as a steward. And once I started getting that concept of it, the margin that freed up from worry and doubt and and just that that crippling fear as an entrepreneur, all of a sudden, that's a tremendous amount of margin left in your mind to now work on strategy and being a dad and all that. That and I also just don't sleep anymore. So, you know, between those two things, eliminating worry and sleep yeah. from your life, you have a lot of room to do other stuff. <laughs> exactly. Um, what, what trends do you see in the faith work movement out there? Mm. Uh, do you, you know, as you... Uh, I'm sure you meet and uh, hang with other uh, young entrepreneurs and some old entrepreneurs. Um, what are you seeing out there? Is it a positive movement? Uh, yeah, just kind of talk to me about that. What are you seeing out? I'd say the biggest thing, uh, the way I'd ca- like call it or codify it is, is convergence. So there used to be Christian business owners or Christian businesses, and you had to have the the Jesus fish on the sign, like Christian automotive or whatever. And then you had your secular, profit-driven, you know, bottom line businesses. Yes. Now you have the triple bottom line. Now you have the quadruple bottom line businesses, all of these things coming together. And that convergence is really, it's like, it shouldn't look any different on paper or phenotypically a Christian business or a non-Christian business. Like you shouldn't be able to tell, you should just see excellence. And hopefully when you dissect the most excellent businesses across all the bottom line, all the P's, all the whatever it is, right? You should be able to see like, oh, there is a difference. There's a there's a trend here that it's all these Christian business owners, these faith is work, faith is ministry, business is ministry are actually outperforming on a secular metric scale as well as on a faith-based scale. And so I think what's happening is People are buying into that more. It's like, wait a minute. No, let's let's lead by growing a really, really great, performing, profitable, caring business yes. that has Christian principles and then allows us to use that as, as, as an entree into the gospel, entree into giving, entree into all these other things. So I say, I, I think it's convergence that we don't have this sort of separation of um, kind of, I guess, for lack of a better term, church and state on these things or church yes. and business, but ministry as mission as as really your mission in your business for profit. I don't, I don't know if that makes sense, but I think yeah. that's what I'm seeing in a, in a really positive way. Yes. I would really agree with you. It seems there is a, this convergence of the sacred and the secular. Yes, that's yeah. that is your art, Pete Oaks, is how to put something that I said in 20 <laughs> words into, into two words, and that's it. That's it right there. Yeah, awesome. So, Ben, you're in the marketing business. Yeah. I'm, a, I'm a faith-driven entrepreneur. Yeah. Okay. So how do I market the fact that I'm a faith-driven entrepreneur? Should I market the fact 
that I'm a faith-driven entrepreneur. And yeah, you're the marketing expert. Tell me what I, <laughs> tell me what I need to do here because that's, yeah. a, that's a huge dilemma for me. Well, I think where a lot of people do it on a surface level is they run some sort of campaign, right? And it's yes. this, it's the it's the bumper sticker, it's the fish, it's the all these things, it's the this and the mission statement, all that. That's great. But yes. if it's just at a campaign level, it's 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 just words, you know. So I think yeah. is is the culture thing first. The way you market yourself, I believe a brand. Like if we talk brand for a second, yeah. my definition of a brand is a promise that an organization has the opportunity to, to deliver on. Right. A brand is a promise that an organization yeah. has the opportunity to deliver on. So it's part of your brand. It's part of your DNA. It's part of your culture first. I think the best way to market it is first ingrain it so deeply into your organizational values, cultures. And that doesn't mean that everybody has to be a believer, yes. but the values and the culture that the company is does map to and exudes what we would consider Christian faith principles. Yes. Once it's there, then you can kind of speak freely. One of the one of the great lines that I heard, and I forget who originally said it, but is if you want to paint the perfect picture, make yourself perfect and then paint naturally, right? Which is impossible as we know. Right. But that that mindset of like, first build a, a Christian culture, build a Christian business, then just act naturally and operate with excellence and do all of these things. Yeah. Notice I didn't say anything about your face statement or bumper stickers or any of that first. It's like, get that right first. Yes. Build a profit where you can do something with it, yes. do all this. And then it's the conversations. How do you in interject that into the daily lives of it? Do you speak freely about it as a business owner? Yeah. In a way that's con like comforting, not condemning, right? Love, not cattle prod. And how do you do these things that help open up conversations with people? I think that I don't have to try to convince people of my faith and non-believers, but I, they are very clear about where I stand on faith and what that means for me, what that means for the organization and what they can trust in that that means for them, even as non-believers. Yeah. That means that they can trust in the ethics that we do. That means that they can bring a cause to us and that we will look at how do we support that. That yeah. means that they can ask for a need or a day, or they can ask for us to pray for something, even if they don't Pray themselves. Right. Those type of things are important, and yeah. that, that's how we do it. I don't. I don't have a magic bullet of a, like slap a bumper sticker on it, and now we're a Christian business. <laughs> right. I mean, our website does say we are believers, but that can mean a lot of things to a lot of people. People that know what it means know what it means. People yes. that don't know that we believe in something, yeah. and that's powerful enough to know that we believe in something bigger than ourselves. And hopefully, that's motivating for them as an employee of the of team yeah. too. Absolutely. Uh, maybe last question here. Uh, What's kind of your vision for the future? If you had some dreams and goals, you know, five or 10 years out as a young entrepreneur, as a, as a faith-driven entrepreneur, yeah. kind of what do you see out there? And what, what would you, what do you want to be a part of? I think that growth is the, the fruit of all things good and healthy, right? Yeah. Living things grow, growing things change. So what that looks like at any given time may change. I see myself, I see even as our, you know, we were just running a strategic planning session with our all team this week. And we were talking about, we're not, our next phase is not growing as an organization, a portfolio of clients, but becoming a portfolio of companies. And that I think is where it really is. I think if you get in the business world, um, you know, businesses, ministry, faith-driven entrepreneurship, all of these different things, if you don't infiltrate the top, the growth, the planting, the, all of that, the VC space, the private equity space, the, the banking space, the investment space, the advising space, we really 
focus on the, the, we scatter the, we pick up the fruits. We don't really plant the seeds. And I think that's where I want to go next is as we grow as a company and as an organization, the real way to scale the idea and the principles of um, faith is work and faith is ministry and business is ministry is the top. It's really, and and it, and it, and it follows the same thing in the dollars on the financial side of business, right? Is you got to start at the top. It's like, how do we fund these next things? How do we grow them from a coaching and consulting? Not just how do we execute them on a one-sided business level? It's like, how do we multiply and multiplying? I see the next thing is like, how do we fund and incentivize and make sure the capital is readily available for that, that believer that's trying to start the business. And that's how we really see this thing grow and scale. And I think you're going to see it grow into, um, we'll say developing economies, uh, and all of these areas that are then ripe for faith being infused into this. But if you give them and I had a wise man, a wise mentor once tell me that, you know, if you give somebody a good job, that's the pathway to everything else. You know, if you make them feel like, well, and if you look at even from a science perspective, Maslow's hierarchy of needs, right? Safety's the thing. Give them safety, good food, good home, good, you know, good shelter, all these things. They feel safe. Now they feel comfortable to talk about the goodness of God, right? Because if they don't experience on a daily basis, it's really hard for them to get the concept that that this, God loves me and that there is provision in all these things. So terrific. Ben, you're a great young leader. <laughs> Love you and appreciate uh, all that you're doing for the kingdom. I'm excited to see how God's going to use you. Likewise. Thanks, Pete. Okay, you bet.